1: This is ESPN Radio's Barton Hahn podcast.
0: Barton Hahn on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson, Braden Gall. No Barton Hahn today. You're welcome, America. You don't miss them. Not one iota. I know it. You don't have to say it, though. Don't worry about it. You can tweet to us. You can let us know. At Amber W Sports, at Braden Gall, at ESPN Radio. You can also always join the conversation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Triple eight, say ESPN. You don't miss those guys because we've got the breaking news today. We thought it was going to be a slow day, Braden, uh, in the NFL. We had lots of action Saturday and Sunday. We're coming off of Christmas here. Most people still in the throes of a holiday week, and yet the NFL takes no days off. Uh, With the big breaking news, Nathaniel Hackett, he is no longer the head coach of the Denver Broncos. We learned that directly from the Denver Broncos just minutes ago. They have parted ways with head coach Nathaniel Hackett. So Hackett, 15 games as the head coach there in Denver. That's a wrap for him. Things were ugly for Hackett on Christmas in those Denver Broncos. Also, breaking news out of the NFL. For the New York Jets, Mike White, according to our very own Adam Schefter has been cleared by doctors to play versus Seattle on Sunday. I would imagine that this makes Jets fans very, very happy. Uh, They won't need Chris Stivler, probably at least. We (laughs) did see him against the Jacksonville Jaguars because things were going so poorly for the Jets when Zach Wilson was under center. Wilson was 9 of 18 against the Jags, 92 yards passing, zero touchdowns uh, passing, one interception. They just could not move the ball down the field. Stravler's numbers weren't much better, but he did it in far fewer attempts out there. Uh, That Jets offense has problems. It has problems, frankly, beyond Zach Wilson of late. Like, Zach Wilson had the wins in the win-loss column, but the numbers when Zach Wilson out there pretty atrocious.
2: Yeah, well, and now he played better against the Lions over 300 yards passing two weeks ago, but it was was so bad against Jacksonville they had to go somewhere else. And listen, I, I think Jets fans, to your point, excited about this. Now, Mike White did not throw a touchdown. He started three games, of course, Bears, Vikings, Bills. Did not throw a touchdown pass against either the Vikings or the Bills. And, and But they roasted the Bears 466 yards against the Bears, 486 against Minnesota. No matter how you slice it, those are the best two yardage totals of the entire season for the New York Jets. It's hard not to look at how the offense moves when he's out there slinging it around. So to have him back, one of the weirdest and nastiest hits I've ever seen that like didn't involve like a head injury. You know what I Mm -hmm. mean? Like that's just one of the weirdest things. Now, is he good enough to go on the road and beat a pretty solid Seattle team or or and and or a really good Miami team on the road? I we don't know. I I I think he's certainly an upgrade and I think it's good news for Jets fans, but is he it doesn't mean he's automatically capable of going on the road and beating a Seahawks team that
0: Yeah, I don't know how much of an upgrade he is. Now, everybody always accuses me because I'm like the weird lone. Like, it's become weird. I don't know where my trajectory (laughs) of my career has gone, but I've become like the weird lone Zach Wilson defender for like some weird reason. And no, we're not related uh, because everybody always accuses me of that. Yes, he looks like he could maybe be my son. Uh, We are not related, even though we have the same last name. Zach Wilson, though, to me, I just don't feel like is getting the proper development yeah. there from that coaching staff and from that organization. And I, if you continue to toggle them back and forth and you throw them in there for a game and you take them out and you you have him in street clothes for three games and he was injured for the first four games of the season. And yeah. it's like, of course, Zach Wilson, because he was a project coming in. He was coming out of BYU. He wasn't an NFL ready quarterback. He was 21 years old. He wasn't the guy from Ohio State. You weren't taking him from a national championship team or a huge power five school. And so. You're bringing him in as a project. You know that when you draft him, you thought, though, that he had the physical accolades to get it done, and then yet you're not spending the season fully developing him. And that's the frustration for me. And the more you go back to Mike White, the less the development happens. I just think it's a bad idea overall because, frankly, I have no idea if Mike White is the answer.
2: Hang on a second. Are you suggesting that quarterbacks have a tough time being developed when they play for the New York Jets?
0: <laughs> hey, you know, it's, Is that it's, what you're saying It's, it's unthinkable. Uh, certainly we already Gino, did a hot Gino take Smith segment has entered earlier. the conversation and let us know that <laughs> that Zach Wilson, in 10 years, it'll look like a whole different I, conversation.
2: I will say, I think to your point, like ultimately, it's does Mike White give you a better chance to win games right now when you have two left to go trying to make the playoffs? And the answer to that question is probably yes. Let's deal with development. Let's deal with the future. Let's deal with all that later. Does he give you a better chance to win Right now, against Seattle and against the Dolphins to maybe sneak into the playoffs on what is actually a pretty good roster around the quarterback position for the Jets.
0: Well, certainly it's a good roster. I think the rest of that roster ends up being ahead of schedule. That Jets defense ends up ahead of schedule. That's what harms, frankly, Zach Wilson here because had they not been so ahead of schedule, those expectations of the postseason wouldn't be there. And then, frankly, I think they would have been more patient in trying to develop him. But it appears, instead, they're going to go back to Mike White. We're going to hear from Adam Schefter in just moments who, of course, broke that news. We remind you that ESPN Radio is presented by progressive insurance your small business keeps you on the go progressive commercial insurance keeps your policy within reach with our easy to use mobile app learn more at progressive.com commercial Progressivecommercial.com. adam schefter espn senior nfl insider joining us here on barton hahn and adam thanks so much for hopping on with us here quickly the broncos have fired head coach nathaniel hackett after just 15 games were there rumblings about this coming down the pipe should we have seen this coming already
3: oh, he was going to be fired. The only surprise is that it came today, a day after Christmas, and not at the end of the season, which I thought the Broncos' ownership group would be patient with, but after the team embarrassed itself yesterday, there was no choice, I think, that they felt but to do it today. We saw fighting on the sideline amongst Broncos players, between Dalton Reisner and Brett Rippen. We saw fighting on the field after the game with Randy Gregory uh, throwing a punch at a Rams player. We saw a team that Basically gave up all those points and lost in an embarrassing way on Christmas Day. And so Nathaniel Hackett was going to be fired. That was not the question. The surprise, I think, if you want to call it a surprise, was that it came today with two weeks left in the regular season. They could have done it after next week or the week after, but he was not going to be keeping his job beyond this season.
2: So, so Adam, then what, is the, what are the things that can be fixed? Because they're stuck with Russell Wilson. They're stuck with this situation moving forward. <laughs> what, what is the strategy moving forward that solves all these problems?
3: Well, the organization's got a lot to sift through. And they obviously felt like head coach was an issue. They've corrected that issue, or at least attempted to. They'll now go in search of a head coach. They obviously need to get Russell Wilson playing like the quarterback that they felt he was when they traded all those picks and gave him that contract. So that'll be the next tasks task that awaits this team. I'll have to go hire a head coach, try to get Russell Wilson back on his game, try to basically improve this roster. But he was always going to be, I believe, fired at the end of the season. Again, it just came a week or two early.
0: And he will keep us updated on where the Broncos end up going from here. Adam Schefter, our ESPN senior NFL insider, joining us here on Barton Hahn. Adam, you also reported that Mike White is cleared to play for the New York Jets versus Seattle on Sunday. I assume that means that they're going back to Mike White. Uh, Where did this news come from? Was this a surprise?
3: Yeah. uh, Well, he was always going to be tested today. And the Jets want him to play, and the Jets need him to play. And so right now the Jets doctors, the Jets doctors have cleared him to play because they want him to play and they need him to play because their season's on the line. They've got to find a way to win in Seattle. And so they're counting on him to be back. Um, And we'll see how that plays out this week. So uh, they're counting on having him back.
0: Yeah, we will certainly see how that plays out. Uh, News that I would imagine makes Jets fans very happy. Adam Schefter, ESPN senior NFL insider. Adam, thanks so much for stopping by. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas to you as well. Merry Christmas to everybody. A late Merry Christmas to everybody joining us here on Barton Hahn, Amber Wilson, and Braden Gall filling in for the guys today. We appreciate you spending a holiday week with us here. (laughs) Uh, A holiday week full of breaking news in the NFL. Real quick here though, the Jets are the ninth seed in the playoffs. Losing the division record tiebreaker to the Pats, they hold the better win percentage in common games against the Titans in a conference record tiebreaker over the Steelers. So they have the Seahawks, you heard Adam mention. They've got the Dolphins. They need to win these games, obviously, in a position here where they're still trying to make a postseason. And Braden, they feel like Mike White gives them yeah. the better opportunity to do that.
2: I, I, I am fascinated with the Nathaniel Hackett-Russell Wilson culture behind the scenes in Denver, and we'll get to that in a second. But I just want you to answer. Represent the fan base here, Amber. Are Dolphins fans scared of Mike White now in the season finale? Because it's Mike White, are they scared of that game? Cuz that could be a win and get in for both sides in theory if things all shake out over the next week and a half.
0: I'm scared of that Jets defense. I'm not scared of Mike White. I'm not scared of Zach Wilson. I'm not scared of either of those guys, frankly. And I think that would probably be the most the sentiment of most fans right around the NFL like Jets fans are out here acting like Mike White is the next coming and I have no idea if that's true. I really genuinely don't know how good Mike White is. Everyone is just so convinced that Zach Wilson is atrocious. And I'm not even ever arguing that that's wrong. I'm just arguing that he hasn't gotten a real opportunity here to develop to be anything but that. And I just feel like the staff hasn't handled it very well. I'm not sure Mike White gives them that much better of an opportunity. They move the ball more, but that win-loss record looks better with... Zach Wilson than it does with Mike White, right? Like it hasn't always resulted in the win column with Mike White being able to move the ball better. So I, frankly, neither of those guys scare me, particularly that Jets offense isn't really the problem that I see in that matchup against the Dolphins, which will be, hopefully a situation where the Dolphins already in the postseason because maybe they will have beat the Patriots by then and clinched but otherwise they're going to find themselves in a must-win situation against a very good Jets defense that scares me much more they've done a little bit better job drafting defensively yeah, they yeah, they than have. they have it appears at that quarterback position so you mentioned there the Nathaniel Hackett firing uh, more huge breaking news out of the NFL so the Denver Broncos moving on from Hackett after just 15 games as the head coach there in. Denver. We're going to unpack that next year on Barton Hahn plus your hot take calls from week 16 in the NFL. Make sure they're hot Oh, just 30 seconds from now. Make sure they're hot that after. Give us a call. ESPN. The phone lines are already packed but make sure that your takes are hot that after Brayden has this word from FanDuel, does Brayden have a word from FanDuel or do I need to stall longer? You've got a word from FanDuel <laughs> Oh, there. I've got I've got oh, so you've many got words.
2: words. I've got so many words for FanDuel. <laughs> FanDuel, of course, NFL Wild Card weekend is almost here, and FanDuel is the easiest way to get into the playoffs. It's with FanDuel, America's number 1 sports book. How about those for some words about FanDuel? New customers join today and get started with $150. $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first bet. Just sign up with promo code PLAY, P-L-A-Y, PLAY. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money lines to point spreads to player props, so don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in bonus bets, win or lose, with promo code PLAY. That's P-L-A-Y. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL.
0: New York Jets fans might be feeling more holly and jolly after the news broken by our very own Adam Schefter that Mike White has been cleared to play against the Seattle Seahawks this coming weekend. Amber Wilson, Braden Gall, filling in for the guys here on Barton Hahn. We'll get back to the Nathaniel Hackett news, no longer the head coach in Denver, but let's get to some of your hot calls here, your hot takes coming out of week 16. 888-SAY-ESPN-888-729-3776. That thats where we find Dave. Dave is in Florida. Dave, what do you have for us on the New York Jets? Yes, ma'am. Uh, I'm a huge Dolphin fan, first and foremost, and I, I would just tell you that Zach Zach Wilson and Mike White have both gotten the same shake in terms of what the teams are, what the team has seen from them, and it's it's a no brainer why they would go with with. Uh, with Mike, it's just no question. He moves the ball. He's more effective. Uh, he seems to to gel with the offensive scheme a lot better than Zach Wilson. Uh, I think the problem that they have is that Zach Wilson was drafted at such a, uh, a high rank, and uh, he's just not doing himself any service. So Mike Wilson is definitely the more effective back. It's not even a question. And, and again, as a Dolphins fan, I'd rather see Zach Wilson than Mike White. <laughs> Thanks for the call Dave I mean as a Dolphins fan I'm not particularly scared of either of those guys I do think right now Mike White when he's in that offense that offense looks better I'm not arguing against that my problem is that when you take a guy number two overall because of what that means then you need to make darn sure before you move on from him that he ain't it and that he's never going to beat it and that's where I feel like they haven't really given that a full go with Zach Wilson whereas Braden, if you had because don't forget he was injured for all those games at the start of the season if you had then just ridden with him the rest of the season instead of doing this toggling back and forth with Mike White then I feel like at the end of the season you could say definitively Zach Wilson ain't it and then we talk about moving on in the future because that defense is at a place where it is ready and so you are ahead of schedule so you need to get it going by next year but I don't feel like they're winning a Super Bowl with Mike White this year anyways so all you did was hamstring your order organization with all this toggling back and forth
2: well and what's funny about Wilson's strengths is like sort of the improvisation the athleticism making plays like throwing it off platform and off rhythm and like Mm -hmm. like that's what he's kind of got some Brett Favre to his game right like he you got to take the interceptions it's it's high risk high reward football and is that the way this coaching staff has built their team probably not like they they have built, but you this and team. you drafted
0: that guy. Like that's who he know, was out of college. I know.
2: I know. And, and that's... and
0: you knew that you should have known know. that. And so what you know if you are going to take that guy because of those raw talents at number two overall, what I'm yep, I am saying is that you need to make sure that the system fits the quarterback and what he brings to the table. It doesn't seem to there Jets uh, got in to New Jets, York, man.
2: Jets, uh, got Jets, Jets, got Jets.
0: are going to Jets, and I love it. I'm here for every <laughs> single moment of it uh, as a Dolphins fan. Andre is in Massachusetts. Andre, what is your hot take for us at week sixteen?
1: Yeah, listen, uh, the Denver Broncos, uh, they're making it clear right now to Russell uh, Wilson and the entire uh, organization. They've been put on notice. That's the Walton family. They got a couple games this year to start to get the ship righted. Next year, they are going big game hunting. Sean Payton, he said he might not want to be in Denver, a cold weather environment, but big bank always takes little bank. Okay, the Waltons will make him a godfather offer to get a head coach into Denver that can deliver on the promise of this roster. Beyond that. Russell Wilson. When they bring in this coach, I think it'd be Sean Payton, a couple other names out there. They're going to get a qualified head coach. If we get another stinker of a year from you, Russell Wilson, the Walton family will move off of you also. You got that multi million dollar contract, those millions of dollars, pennies in the jar to the Walton families. You don't buy an NFL team. First of all, there's a the prestige aspect, but the Waltons are already famous. You want to win a Super Bowl. And so, hack it, okay? You get your money right off into the sunset. We will have a headlining coach, I think Sean Payton and then Russell Wilson. It's not only the coach. Of, of
0: course you wanna win a Super Bowl. The problem is with winning Super Bowls is you do have to operate within a salary cap. They like this it, it ain't as easy as like we're just gonna be out here, you know, like like cohen for the Mets, just making a rain with anything that it takes, <laughs> right? Like it doesn't work like that in the NFL. You've committed two hundred and forty five million dollars yeah. to Russell Wilson. It would not be easy to move on from that contract and also there would be no takers. You've gotta find a head coach that can work within it, or you're gonna to be stuck for the next few years. I,
2: I find this this part of football and just professional sports, big time sports in general, is utterly fascinating to me because, like, how many Fortune five hundred companies spend millions of dollars on team building, on you know, col- corporate culture, and like, th- like this is not a new thing, but it is particularly important in professional sports. And so, if you had a, a head coach that just. Had no command of the locker room. We're seeing fighting between the offensive line and the quarterbacks and mm-hmm. the defense and the quarterback. And like, there's all this lack of culture, lack of continuity. Like, I'm fascinated with how you can fix that. And is it do you, like is, if Sean Payton hypothetically is the guy who slides in? Like to me, that with like he's got a strong enough personality and a, and a strong enough resume to say to Russell Wilson, "Let's come together on this. Let's figure out a way. You're too good to be this bad." And I'm probably. Hall of Fame kind of caliber good on my side. I've got a Super Bowl ring too. Could we come together and make it work? I I am fascinated with how you make it all work behind the scenes culturally because companies spend millions of dollars trying to figure these things out. And the NFL happens in front of our eyes on Sundays. It does, I, and you I, and you I can't saw wait it. To see it.
0: You can't have ripping, you know, being pushed by O linemen because right, he's right. standing up for Russell Wilson because the O line was atrocious, and and Russ got sacked six times in that game. Like you can't have that happening on your side. You can't have players fighting right, after the right. game within your own locker. Room. I do think a lot of that is bad on the coaching staff, and so I understand like that in and of itself. Even if it hadn't been, what was it, fifty-one to fourteen or whatever that score was uh, in the final yesterday on Christmas Day. Even if it hadn't been that. Uh, just the fighting alone and the drama alone, I feel like, th- frankly, a fireable offense at this point. You do have to have somebody come in who can command respect and get respect for their quarterback in the locker room as well. Let's go to Donovan in Virginia. Donovan, thanks for the call. What's your hot take here coming out of Week 16? Hey, what's going on, man? I know how this all sounds, but my hot take is my Raiders are going to make the playoffs, man. We're going to sneak in. The problem with the Raiders this year we go away from plays that help us win the game. Slash, we don't play football, man. We act like we don't know what to do out there, man. We got all this talent. Like Josh Jacobs said, man.
1: It's certain times, like, bro, in, in, in these games, you have to run the ball. Like, I'm not going to blame those, those intercepts on Derek Quarter or the, or the uh, receivers or whatever, but if it's not going right, run the ball. We have the best running back in
0: the league, and we're not utilizing it, man. we go with, like the against the Jaguars. Why do we go away from the passing game in the second half, man? Well, listen, there are definitely questions, Donovan, uh, about that play calling for the Raiders. The Raiders, they're still mathematically alive, as he mentioned there. Uh, They lost to the Steelers, but they're the 12th seed in the AFC, two games out of that final playoff spot. They've got the 49ers and the Chiefs coming up. Wait the second, Steelers, wait, Jets, second, the, Titans, Jags, Patriots, all ahead right I, now of the Raiders, but you, still possible there, Braden. Still possible. You said twelfth place in the AFC. Twelfth place. And, it's still they're the still Niners. technically still <laughs> technically alive. If everybody loses uh, and the Raiders that, win,
2: so you're that, telling me there's a chance you only need like is,
0: five teams to lose out here and, 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 and top to beat the 49ers away. and the Chiefs.
2: And the Chiefs, right? right. That and that's that's the hottest that, of all hot takes. I have eleven names. I have 11 names in the AFC written down here on my notes, and I do not have the Raiders on here. Here's what I'll say, and I don't know if this is too harsh or not, but I'm not sure. I, you, you you put Josh McDaniels back in Denver. Couple, I did. Couple, I put him back in Denver because, ago. I
0: mean, listen, the Nathaniel Hackett era I don't think went any better I, than the Josh McDaniels era, but now we're seeing it again in Vegas.
2: I don't, I don't understand the Josh McDaniels thing. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> I never people, have.
0: The head I coaching thing, is, is some people are coordinators. Some people Dude, are head coaches. Some people are both.
2: Yes. like Just because you're a great coordinator does not mean at all ever that you are going to be a great head coach. And I do not understand the McDaniels thing. I don't get it. I never got it in Denver. I never got it when he was the coordinator when he almost got the Colts job. I I, I never understood it. I haven't understood it. I don't understand watching the Raiders this year. I... I, somebody tell me what I'm missing because I don't understand if, if, if the, the hiring people continuing to hire Josh McDaniels I don't
0: I, it's just that it's just hey we, we feel like you stood next to one of the greatest coaches of all time and, and you're a great OC and so for that reason we believe that you could get it done and get it together It doesn't always translate like that we certainly haven't seen it translate like that even though Donovan is right that team is loaded with talent coming up here on Barton Hahn, Amber Wilson Braden Gall filling in for the guy speaking of the Raiders one of their players is not hiding his frustration with his own team that That's next. This is Barton Hahn on ESPN Radio and, of course, on the ESPN app.
1: Bart and Hahn.
0: Amber Wilson and Braden Gall filling in for the guys here on Barton Hahn. Barton Hahn, of course, is on ESPN Radio, which is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. So a Barton Hahn staple, we're going to bring it back while we still can hear Brayden, of course, Fitz and Harry making its debut January 3rd right here on ESPN Radio in this time slot. They will be taking over this slot as Barton Hahn is moving back to their roots uh, to New York local. We will miss them dearly. You Can still check them out on the ESPN app on the podcast? Also, shameless plug, Joe and Amber uh, making its debut uh, uh, January 3rd as well, which will be weeknights here on ESPN Radio, 7 to 9 p.m through Friday so please tune in for that but right now here on Barton Hahn let's do some audio files
1: the audio file the audio file.
0: So, dipping into the audio file, let's let the frustrations of one player with his own team get aired out here. Raiders running back Josh Jacobs was very frustrated after losing to the Steelers thirteen to ten over the weekend. Here was Jacobs. Man, I'm
2: tired of dealing with this. I'm tired of dealing with this. Shit. Every day I come here and bust my ass. I
1: see. I see the guys. You know, bust the ass, and you know. The result is not there. And, you know, for me, the last four years, the result hasn't been there. Quite frankly, I don't know what else to do. That's what it is.
0: Josh Jacobs, 15 carries rushing on 44 yards. No touchdowns from Jacobs. Uh, He had another six yards in terms of receiving. The frustration, though, for that team, I imagine, extends far beyond just Josh Jacobs.
2: Yeah, there's there's no question about that. Now, listen, I'm not going to be one of those guys that says... Look, I wish we had more coaches and players who are honest in professional sports and then rip on them when they're honest. I, I think I would much rather have people just say how they feel because you're all human beings, we're all human beings, and I like to hear the human element, the emotion of something like this. But there's a lot of reading between the lines right there. there I mean, it, it, Maybe it's not even between the lines. Maybe it's just like out there in the open. We just talked about Josh McDaniels. I'm not sure I get it. Raiders fans are frustrated with Derek Carr, consistency. You lose to you know a game like that against the Steelers. Certainly, there's, there's some extenuating circumstances there with the passing of Franco Harris and how much that meant to that organization, and certainly that's a part of this. But I, I, uh, I understand where Josh Jacobs is coming from, and I appreciate his honesty. So hard to argue there.
0: Uh, I like the honesty as well. I always want more honesty. I always want more transparency from players, particularly in the NFL. We don't get to see personalities enough. I actually love this from Josh Jacobs. We all know they're frustrated. They should be frustrated. It's been a wildly disappointing season for a Raiders team that had high expectations because it's loaded with talent. So show us that frustration. I actually think it aggraciates him to the fans, frankly. Like, this is what I want from my athletes. It's real. It's real human emotion. And he should be frustrated. It's good to see, frankly, that he cares in that situation a uh, James Harden maybe he cares about the Houston Rockets once again because our very own Woj has been reporting that James Harden's camp is flirting with maybe a return to Houston next season here's James Harden on that report I'm
2: here we're, we're playing very very well and yeah, I don't know where that report came from but um, I'm excited to be here and we're playing well and we're continuing to get better
0: Now, the 76ers beat the New York Knicks on Christmas yesterday. They've won eight straight now. Obviously, right now, he is a Philadelphia 76er, but his future, according to Woj, a fluid proposition. His answer didn't exactly negate that report.
2: How'd you like to go from a top... What what do you think Philly could end up being here? Three, four seed? Mm -hmm. They worked their way up to the five seed with this hot streak. They're an upper half team in the Eastern Conference. You want to play there? Or you want to play for the worst team in the Western Conference. Right. What, what do you want to do? Now, the question is, Is does how much does James Harden... <laughs> I, personally, I think you can make the case that James Harden was not part of the solution last year, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, if that's the case... What's Philly's got to do what's best for Philly in this situation. And it sounds like James Harden's not going to have much say in it.
0: Yeah, Harden signed a two-year, $68.6 million contract with the Sixers. That includes a player option for 23-24. That allows him to re-enter free agency starting this summer. The Sixers right now, 19-12. and 12. They're fifth in the East. Uh, they're expecting a return from Tyrese Maxey, which uh, certainly would help their situation. But what I don't understand about this is the rocket side of this equation either. Because you mentioned they're like, why would Harden want to go go back to a team that's so bad when he's on frankly a good team right now but then also like remember the fat suit that man more forced socks. his no. way out of houston what are yeah. we doing i mean hey. if i'm houston i want nothing to do with jane i understand the good years and what he contributed but man the end of that was ugly
2: Harden wants more shots and Houston has to sell tickets. There you go. Done deal.
0: That's true and maybe this does bring more people into the arena, I guess if you have James Harden back on that roster but whew, I'll never forget the fat suit. I wonder what happened to it. Maybe I'll <laughs> break it back out if he goes to Houston. Uh, Draymond Green, uh, he is part of the Golden State Warriors and the Warriors beat the Grizz yesterday 123-109. to Obviously a lot of people have. The Memphis Grizzlies as the next up-and-coming team and a team that can challenge the Warriors on championship levels Since that Memphis team is so good uh, And there has been the idea Floated out that now this is a budding Rivalry between these two Teams. Well, Draymond Green He was asked about that rivalry On ESPN Radio's post game With Mark Kestisher and PJ Carlissima
2: I think the word rivalry Is thrown around too loosely these days um, Rivalry is Lakers-Celtics uh, Rivalry is us and
1: the Cavs through those 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19 years,
2: Uh, those are rivalries, Uh, that's a great young team that uh, has a very promising future, Uh, but they haven't won enough yet to say it's a rivalry, that's no shot at them, it's just in order to be a rivalry, you gotta start hanging banners.
0: NBA Talk on ESPN Radio is brought to you by Fresh Pet, real pet food, fresh from the fridge. Uh, So I guess, according to Draymond Green, then rivalries are dependent on championships. And I don't know, frankly, if he's entirely wrong.
2: Well, I think if you're going to talk, you know, Lakers-Celtics, and you're going to talk about teams that play in the finals, yeah. But, I mean, Brady and Manning never played in a Super Bowl. And they were—that's the biggest rivalry in quarterbacks in modern history. Here's what I would say. I mean, Dr- Draymond's right. And I'm, I'm going to come at this uh, because I'm a Tennessean and these are my Grizzlies, okay? Mm-hmm. So here's what I'm going to say. Th- there is the beginnings of what could be a rivalry. How about that? Two years ago, in a play-in game, Golden State bounced by the Memphis Grizzlies. Last year, who played the Golden State Warriors the best of anybody Mm -hmm. in the playoffs? What was the most enjoyable, most entertaining, most exciting playoff series that took place during the playoffs last year? It was Memphis and Golden State. Those games were off the charts good. So yeah, Straymon's right. You got to have banners. You got to have skins on the wall. You got to be a champion to start calling it a real rivalry if you're going to compare it to the Celtics and Lakers. I get all of that. But what you've got is the start of something fun in the Western Conference and Memphis by the way if I'm Memphis even though you just get got beat I just tell them look at the standings dude like, we're in third place in the West. You're down at the. You're, you're barely making a play in game. Well, right now. that's why I actually so.
0: don't think that this is a rivalry. I think that they're going to miss each other in terms of rivalry windows because I do agree yeah, with you, you that right. Memphis yeah. is on its way, but I also think the Golden State is on its way down. I just think these are two teams trending the wrong direction or different directions, rather. I mean, with the aging of Clay and the aging of stuff, I mean, you're seeing with the injuries and, and even Draymond's falling off, uh, you know, it, in terms of his game a little bit. So you right. can see, like, right. the writings on the wall with where they're headed and then Memphis is in a very different situation with their development. I just think by the time Memphis is there, like NBA title kind of there, then Golden State will look like a different Golden State team by that time. So I think no, they might kind of miss each other. You're, you're probably really right.
2: You're probably right, but again, that series was pure. Oh, entertainment. it was fun. It was pure, pure entertainment. entertainment last year, and I'll say this just to the one thing I disagree with them on: Draymond Green is the like you have to have championships to call it a rivalry. Like all of college sports is built on. It doesn't matter what your record is. We hate you because you live inside the state with us, mm-hmm. right? Like Auburn, Alabama, and you know Oregon, Oregon State, and you know pick every single. We rivalry. may have lost,
0: Braden. We're taking some hits here, uh, Braden. Uh, you know, in Nashville, they've got some stuff going on. There's snow. They don't know how to handle it. There's like two inches outside and, and they're just the whole infrastructure. <laughs> so it's bound to happen. Uh, trust me, if it snowed like one, like two centimeters down here in Florida, like there's zero chance I could be on the radio right now. Coming up, an emotional night in Pittsburgh a few nights ago. That's next. This is Bart and Hahn on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app.
3: Bart and Han. Shotgun snap. Four-man rush. Fires for the end zone. Touchdown. George Yeckins. And the Steelers forge ahead with just 46 seconds left.
0: Pickett to Pickens. That was Bill Hillgrove, WDVE 102.5 FM, as the Steelers beat the Raiders 13-10, to a special one for the Steelers, the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Of course, they were honoring the late, great Franco Harris as well. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season. We all thought that maybe this was going to be the first one for him, and he would have gotten a pass if it was. Not so fast. Maybe he still won't have a losing season. It's been remarkable what the Steelers have been able to do here down the stretch. they Their game out of a playoff spot with two games to go. They've got the Ravens and the Browns left on their schedule as they sit in that 11th seed in the AFC. They've won five out of their last seven games. So the Steelers right now sitting at seven and eight, and it's possible they're going to do it. They're going to get above 500 here, Braden.
2: Well, and it's just so like we were talking about this, and it's like well, how 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 is this right happening? What what, yes. what are they doing? How, did he how do
0: it again? This is with a this rebuild- roster.
2: Yeah, it's a rebuilding year. We knew how how tough the offense was going to, how much they were going to struggle this year. Now you you look at Kenny Pickett, and he delivers in the clutch against the Raiders with the long drive, mm-hmm. starting to be, play a little bit more efficient football again. Of course, he just he, he basically missed two games, um, but the, if you go back to Week Ten. And that's the win over New Orleans. Since that moment, he's thrown one interception the entire time. That was, of course, actually against the Raiders, and it's a little bit more efficient, right? You're starting to see a little bit more confidence, a little bit better completion percentage. The defense is playing better, and they're healthier. Like it's you, you certainly, I, I do love the Mike Tomlin. Like we're just going to keep our mouth shut and, and keep our head down while while we just played a clip of Josh Jacobs <laughs> running his running his mouth. And so it's kind of polar opposites from a cultural standpoint playing in that game. I, I, I cannot believe we are talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers at, as potentially having a winning record. I, I, I just I can't believe it.
0: I can't either. And 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 I would have given them a complete pass had we not been sure. in this conversation talking yeah. about them because this was supposed to be a rebuilding year. It was a reasonable year to be a rebuilding year. You knew they were going to try to develop pickets some this season and whatnot, but you didn't really expect anything from this team as they entered the post Big Ben era. And so you thought, all right, this is the time we're finally going to see them. You know, have a little bit of a down. Here, here. Right. He'll get it back on track. It's not a, guy, a knock against Tomlin. This is just the cycles of life in the NFL. And yet here we are in a really surprising situation. Kenny Pickett against the Raiders, 26 of 39, 244 yards passing, a touchdown and an interception. Uh, he's trending the right direction. But man, I mean, it, we already knew Mike Tomlin was one of the best coaches in the league, right? And he certainly looks like that. This, this might be his most impressive coaching job yet.
2: Yeah, and that's really like the answer to the question how why what are we doing here with the steelers is mike tomlin mm-hmm. the, the consistency of him and what he delivers and what he preaches his culture building uh, how he takes care how he treats his players like this is all the stuff that i want to know about denver great right. <laughs> like, all the things i want to know about denver russell wilson that now fired nathaniel hackett and the rest of that organization how are they functioning together we kind of know exactly what to get when you step into that Steelers organization. You either acclimate and adapt to what we do and 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 Mike Tomlin sets the stage for all of that or you're not going to work here. And there's a couple coaches that are like that. Bill Belichick's like that, Mike Vrabel's like that in Tennessee, like you got to be you you either buy in or it's not going to work. And what Mike Tomlin is selling is clearly working because while they have not beaten a bunch of great teams, they have now put themselves in a position to beat Cleveland and be sitting sitting at 8 and 8 at 500 with the, with one game to go, and if you'd have told me that six, seven, eight weeks ago, I'd have, I would have laughed at you.
0: Uh, I would have as well. I mentioned it was a very special one. Uh, the, the 50-year anniversary, plus, of course, honoring Franco Harris. Here is Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Steelers.
2: We had a chance to be a part of Steeler history tonight, and we don't take that lightly, man. We're just so appreciative of the ground that's been laid by those that have come before us. Uh, the men like this this man's jersey that I'm wearing right here. Um, man, we, we get to... We get to enjoy the fruit of their labor daily, man, just in terms of the standard of expectation here in Pittsburgh, uh, the relationship that we have with our fan base, man. And we just wanted to honor him, his teammates and all the men that have come before us, man, that's made the black and gold what it is.
0: That immaculate reception will certainly live forever in NFL lore because one of the greatest plays in NFL history, thanks to Franco Harris. AISBN Radio is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. The Steelers all wore number 32 as they walked into the stadium, and a big win there, keeping their playoff chances alive uh, against the Las Vegas Raiders. Coming up, should we be surprised that Nathaniel Hackett was fired midseason?
1: Thanks for listening to the Barton Hahn podcast. You can listen to the guys live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN radio. Plus you can listen and watch the guys on the ESPN app. This is the Barton Hahn podcast.